like you were around here is treated like a god. I mean, how can you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. The Keeping the Nostalgia Live show is sponsored by The Dunk Collection. The Dunk Collection connects sports-minded individuals to basketball-inspired home products meticulously designed to help combat life's most mundane chores. Dirty clothes on the floor? Put a dirty dunk on the door. The Dirty Dunk is the original over-the-door basketball hoop laundry hamper designed to make laundry a slam dunk. Do you have a messy office? Try a document dunk. The original trash can basketball stand designed for those who compete in the corporate arena. You're just one shot away from turning your cubicle into the corner office you deserve. Bath time blues? Make bath time fun with the Scrub-A-Dunk, the original basketball hoop for baby ballers. Attached to the tub and Scrub-A-Dub-Dub. The Dunk Collection, making boring chores a slam dunk. Basketball courts. They are a big part of the game. And sometimes all we can get is just a little piece of it. Indiana has a great tradition of putting legendary teams on the court, and you can put a legendary court in your home or business. Whether you're looking for a motivational or marketing piece to advertise your business, or a family court to pass down to your kids someday to your favorite high school team, we would like to help you make a realistically scaled Maplewood court for you. From personal wants or even a high school raffle, school admins, this means you. Please visit us at facebook.com backslash minicourts, M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-T-S, for more details on what we can do. Athletic directors, business owners, or fans alike, please get in touch and like our page. Court sizes are 29 by 19 inches for high school and 32 by 19 for college and pro. We are working on parquet floors as well. We also want to make sure your school gets their share, so we want to work with them to give them their cut. So check us out at Land of Many Basketball Courts at facebook.com backslash M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-T-S. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. Uh, please go to our uh, library of podcast shows if you want to hear some of the uh, great interviews we've done in the past at keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. Com. We have over 125 interviews. Uh, please go to the library. Feel free to download any and listen and uh, comment and enjoy. Um, a little bit before I introduce our guest today, um, of course, I, I'm assuming everybody knows I went to Broderpool from 82 to 86. And, and before that, I watched Indianapolis, Washington and Basil, Coach Basil Sofredo and, and his basketball teams. And, and I wasn't a very good basketball player. So, you know, I was one of those basketball players that if I hit a shot in practice, people would stop, look and be like, wow. So, you know, I, I wasn't a very good ba- basketball player, but I loved the game. So I immersed myself in the game. And up until about five years ago when I started uh, my uh, Facebook page, and stuff like this on the game from Indiana high school basketball. Uh, I immersed myself. So, you know, like uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame member Gene Ring was our athletic director who played for Branch McCracken. Uh, Bill Smith, my basketball coach, won the state championship in 1980. You know, uh, uh, legends would come in and out of the athletic director's office at Broderpool, like Rick Mount. Um, You know, and and in four years with Broderpool, I got to see Coach Sam Alford coach. 
uh, and we, you know, we we traveled the state to play basketball, and I immersed myself in that. And and not a very good basketball player, but hopefully, I'm giving back a little bit by uh, doing these interviews and and uh, uh, keeping the nostalgia alive with this great game uh, of basketball in Indiana. And uh, with that being said, I'd like to introduce our uh, uh, guest for today. Uh, his is Coach Kevin Biggs. Uh, a 13-year uh, assistant to the legendary coach Jack Butcher, and uh, uh, we are going to talk about uh, nostalgia, basketball memories, uh, about the high school basketball game in the state of Indiana. Coach Biggs, thank you so much for spending some time with us today to help keep the nostalgia alive. Uh, thank you, Billy. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, actually, my name's Kevin, not Kevin. So. Uh- well, you, you you have an extra. There's an extra e in there, and uh, last name and last name Biggs would be a great great baseball name if you had gone on to play baseball. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I wasn't very. I was. Uh, I wasn't that great of an athlete. Uh, so, so where did where did Keaton come from? What was that a family name, or how how did that come about? Well, uh, I have a twin sister uh, named Karen. And uh, I, I'm not sure my uh, my mother invented it, I guess, and thought it sounded good with uh, with Karen. And actually, over the course of my life, I've met uh, five or six other uh, people with the same name. Some spelled spelled the same way, and some spelled a little differently. What? Where were you born and raised at? And what are your first recollections of the game of basketball? Who or who introduced you to the game? Well. Uh, I grew up in a, a little town in Knox County uh, called Monroe City. Actually, grew up outside of Monroe City in a in a little farming area that had a uh, uh, a little country store and a couple of churches, and uh, uh, just all uh, family farms all the way around. It was called Calmuck, if you can believe it, but it was a beautiful little place and a great place to grow up. And uh, I attended Monroe City High School, where the uh, high school basketball team was the Blue Jeans. And they'd had uh, quite a bit of success over the years. Uh, They'd won the Wabash Valley in 1949. They won it again the year after I graduated in in 1967. But uh, they had some great teams uh, over the years. And uh, one of the particular teams I remember was uh, the 1961 team, uh, uh, and they uh, were defeated finally by uh, uh, Jasper Wildcats in the regional, I think, by one point. So it was a it was a great team that year. And I hope uh, I, I apologize for butchering your name. Uh, I, I butchered to, uh, Coach Todrank's name for about two years before he set me straight on how to pronounce his name. So I apologize about uh, butchering <laughs> oh, your first no, name. No problem. I I answered about anything. So. Yeah, my my uncle used to tell me well, you can call me anything you want, but just not uh, late for dinner. Correct. <laughs> so so tell me about uh, I mean, what was the game of high school basketball like at that point in time? I mean, uh, tell us about the atmosphere at the games, and do you remember the first game that you went to, a uh, high school basketball game that you went to? Well, I was I was pretty small. Uh, guys, from the from the first time, you know, when we had our recesses when I was in elementary school. Uh, you know, loved to go to the gym and, and shoot baskets. And uh, I, the first time I went to a basketball game at Monroe City, uh, like I said, and it was probably somewhere around that 60-61 team, uh, I just fell in love with the game. And uh, uh, 
it was back in back in those days. It was all pretty much run and gun, not much defense, and and uh, teams would score ninety to one hundred points, uh, uh, you know, all the time. And uh, we had some uh, big old German farm boys that uh, uh, they grew them pretty big there in Monroe City, and uh, I think we had a. Uh, uh, about 140 in the high school, and, and we were competing in a sectional at Vincennes against uh, Vincennes Lincoln, who I think at that time they had probably close to 1,400 students. So, uh, and uh, at one point, I think they won 26 sectionals in a row. So, usually, if anybody beat them, it was uh, it was usually uh, uh, Monroe City that in my uh, era that that did it. So, uh, anyway, uh, some great teams at that time. And uh, uh, I was um, uh, so into the game that my and my parents weren't interested in it too much. So I had a couple of mentors that kind of took me to see the games. One one guy was a the uh, local funeral home director. His name was Kenny Smith. He always made sure I got to see all of Monroe City's away games. And another guy was a, a guy by the name of Merlin Merlin Berry, who was a, a brother to. Uh, the Monroe City coach in, in 1961, his name was Jack Berry, and uh, he'd won the uh, Vincent Sectional uh, in 1961. Anyway, Merlin uh, took me to see uh, Evansville College Aces and uh, just all over the place to see basketball. And I remember the first time I walked into Roberts Stadium, and that was, uh, you know, during the era of Jerry Sloan and Larry Humes. I thought it was the biggest place I'd ever seen in my life. A sea of red shirts. Uh, Eric McCutcheon always had the the uh, fans to wear red, for, and uh, he'd done some research on it. For some reason, he thought that was a a good background color for for people to shoot free throws against. And uh, even though they were called the Purple Aces, all the fans wore red. And uh, so uh, it it was quite an atmosphere to go in there. And and before the game. Uh, uh, when Humes and Sloan played, I remember uh, Humes would stand over in the corner and shoot hook shots from the corner just to arouse the crowd. And, and uh, you know, he'd hit about every uh, nine out of ten that he took. So uh, it was uh, it was really thrilling to go there and watch watch Evansville College at the time. So so being a late bloomer that you said you were, I mean, did you did you go to all the basketball games? Did you did you even think in high school uh, of what you wanted to do once you graduated high school? Did you even think that eventually you'd be sitting on the same sidelines as co- the legendary coach Jack Butcher? <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams. Uh, I, uh, uh, I I think I told you earlier I started playing basketball, you know, from the time I was small, but I wasn't very good. My parents lived a, a, a long way from uh, the school, and uh, my dad wasn't really into it. So uh, e- even me getting to practice would have been a problem. But uh, but anyway, I as I got older, I played a lot of uh, uh, basketball in the outdoor courts. And uh, Joe Todrink was uh, our coach at, at Monroe City when I was in high school. Uh, I believe Joe was there from 63 to through 66 he was my uh, health teacher PE teacher and driver ed teacher and Joe and I had became really good friends when I was in high school so uh, and we're still friends today and uh, it was a uh, it was kind of a big thrill then later on in my life to 
and career to to be able to coach against him and some of his his teams. Uh, uh, Joe had played uh, college ball with my uh, cousin at uh, Oakland City University. They were co-captains on that team, and they took that uh, Oakland City University team to the finals in the NAIA in Kansas City. And uh, I can remember seeing Joe coming down the court full blast as as a playing guard and uh, looking one direction and making that one-handed shovel pass uh, to the inside the other way. And, and you had better have your eyes open and be awake if you wanted to catch that pass. So uh, he was quite a great basketball player himself. And uh, so anyway, it was a lot of fun uh, with, uh, with Joe there at Monroe City. And uh, always a good, great teacher and a good time in his class. So, so tell us, you know, he was just inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. I mean, they, 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 tell us a little bit about him. I mean, uh, was, was he the same kind of person on the sidelines as a coach as he was a teacher? Yeah, I think he was. He, uh, you know, Joe uh, is the type of guy that uh, when he was coaching, uh, you know, he was a fierce competitor. But, you know, once the game was over, why, you know, you know he was your friend, and uh, uh, Joe's always been that way, and and just just a great guy. He and Jack, I know, have been friends for years, and and people, uh, you know, they they were such fierce competitors on the court that probably a lot of people don't know that, but uh, uh, you know they they always respected, admired, and and, uh, and I think even uh, after they quit coaching, even uh, done several things together. So uh, that was it was a lot of. Uh, uh, camaraderie there, I guess we might say. Uh, so you're getting toward the end of your high school career. Uh, uh, what are your college choices? Well, uh, you know, I, I ended up going to, uh, uh, you know, my dad died when uh, when I was uh, about, well, I guess I'd been graduated about uh, 10 days and he passed away. And uh, uh, we had a lot of uh, hospital bills. I was flat broke. I wasn't sure how I was going to college. And, and about a month before uh, high school was over, my principal uh, took me and another guy into Vincent University, and we ended up with a uh, – I ended up with a scholarship and a grant in aid to go to Vincent University. And uh, so anyway, I, I worked uh, 50 hours a week and, and went to school full time and uh, at Vincent University. And, uh, you know, got to watch Alan Bradfield there at Vincent University, who'd won several uh, National Junior College championships. And his assistant at the time was a, a guy by the name of Jerry Reynolds, who uh, also hailed from Larry Bird's hometown, French Lick. And uh, Jerry uh, taught a basketball class, and I ended up in that class. So uh, I was lucky enough to, to become his friend and, and, and take that class under him and learn quite a bit about him. And and as you might, as you know, I'm sure Jerry is a former coach for the Sacramento Kings, and and now is a broadcaster for the Kings. And and uh, uh, he and Coach Hugh Schaefer from South Knox were roommates in college. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew that or not. Oh wow. But, uh, uh, anyway, uh, Jerry was a, a great guy, and and I, I used to love to watch uh, Vincent University and Alan Bradfield uh, guys uh, and the guys that were there when I was there. I remember a couple of big guys by the name of Robert McAdoo and uh, and uh, a guy by the name of uh, Wayne Kennedy. And uh, they, 
McAdoo, I think he was about six eight or six nine. Candidate was probably six seven and had shoulders about uh, six feet wide. And uh, anyway, uh, a great uh, pair to watch. And then uh, I think my senior year, Willie Humes came in and was playing. In fact, I, I played a pickup game against him one, once and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> Before I, uh, uh, while I was at Vincent University. Uh, Sam Alford came in as a coach at Monroe City in 1967, and uh, he led them to uh, the Wabash Valley Tournament Championship. Now, uh, I'm not sure if your viewers know, but the Wabash Valley uh, Tournament was the largest uh, non-state tournament in in the United States, and I think uh, Monroe City won it twice. I think the first time they it had about 108 teams in it in 1949, uh, and they uh, that team was defeated by Jasper in the regional. Jasper, as you know, in 1949 went on to win the state championship. So, uh, and uh, they had uh, played Lagodi in the afternoon, and uh, their their uh, second leading scorer was injured. He didn't see much action that night against Jasper. So. Uh, Unfortunately, they got beat by Jasper, who went on to win the win the state that year. And uh, anyway, uh, uh, Sam Alford came in to Monroe City uh, whenever I uh, year after I graduated. And uh, Sam, uh, he was in the following year. He was named the head coach at the New South Knox High School. And uh, Sam and I became good friends. And I remember watching his son Steve Alford, who was about five years old at the time out practicing on the outdoor courts there at Monroe City. And uh, I loved to watch Sam coach because he was such a great motivator. I remember uh, when his team would be down and they would, all of a sudden he would, uh, uh, they would be coming back and he would meet them sometimes at center court for his timeout sessions. So he was that uh, excited about and, and uh, motivating the team that much. It was, it was great to watch him coach. You know, it's interesting and fun. You know, I always try to find some kind of six degrees of separation with the uh, those that I interview. And, and you watch Steve Offord at five years old practicing with, uh, you know, shooting baskets. And, and when I was a freshman in high school, I watched Steve Offord put 57 points up against my Broadwell High School Rockets, 25 for 25 from the free throw line. Well, you know, I remember uh, going to the uh, state finals, and uh, I think Steve was a sophomore, and... Um, and they had gotten beat, and I think they'd gotten beat in the semi-state. And uh, uh, Hugh Schaefer had been uh, Sam Alford's assistant, and uh, Hugh and I had been talking, and Sam came down the aisle with Steve, and he introduced uh, Steve to all of us. And, and after he left, uh, Hugh said, uh, that's going to be Mr. Basketball in two years, and sure enough, it, it certainly was. Was uh, uh, was uh, Coach Jerry Reynolds as funny back then as he is today? He 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 really was. He was he was a lot of fun to uh, uh, to be around. And and uh, uh, anyway, he he also knew a lot about the game of basketball too. And uh, it was uh, you know at that point I I had watched uh, run and gun teams and and uh, didn't know much about the strategy of, of basketball except. Uh, you know, uh, getting the basketball and throwing it down court and trying to get it, beat somebody down to get a layup. But, uh, you know, Jerry taught a lot of uh, uh, the uh, 
X's and O's and things like that. So that, that was a lot of fun. While you were at Vincennes, were you trying, or what, what was what was your mindset with? Uh, um, I know you were working 50 hours a week and going to school at the same time, but um, uh, did you think about wanting to be involved with the game of basketball? And and how did that work out for you that you got into the game of basketball and coaching? Well, you know, uh, it, it's funny because I I I was always such a a huge fan and always a, a student of the game, you know, and. Um, uh, at that time, I knew, uh, uh, particularly by the second year at Vincennes, I knew I wanted to teach. And uh, so, uh, anyway, I ended up uh, uh, going to uh, Oakland City University my last two years. And uh, uh, while I was there, uh, you know, I ended up with a degree in English uh, and uh, happened to walk along the uh, the corridor one day and, and saw a bulletin board and uh, you know this was time when I the time when I was looking for a teaching job and it said there was an opening at Washington Indiana and so I went to uh, uh, Washington and interviewed for a high a junior high English job and uh, uh, when I'd been looking at that bulletin board I saw there was also an opening at Lagodi and I thought well if I get out of this in time, I'll, I'll drive on over to Ligoti and apply for that position as well. So, so anyway, they took me to lunch at Washington and, and said, well, we'll call you in a couple of weeks. And uh, so after I left there, I, I went to, uh, to Ligoti to apply for the job. And the and, uh, superintendent said uh, when I got there, he said, well, uh, the principal and I are in the office. Uh, just come back and we'll interview you now. And so... Uh, I went back and they interviewed me and he said asked me to wait in the outer office for a few moments and back then the, I heard the telephone jingle on the outer office a little bit and I, I thought well maybe they're calling uh, you know some of the people that I'd put down uh, to call and uh, so anyway in about five minutes he opened the door and he said uh, to his secretary uh, Jeanette type this young man up a contract and uh, I hadn't even told my wife, but I, I got married between my junior and senior year. I hadn't even told my wife that at that time that I was going there. So I said, let me take that contract home with me and I'll bring it back. And uh, so anyway, I took it home. We went to Ligoti that evening, started looking for a place to live, and, and I ended up there. <coughs> and uh, I taught there uh, for several years. That was 1970. And Ligoti had the, uh, at that time, uh, they had been losing teachers, and they decided they would up their wages a little bit. So they had the highest starting uh, uh, salary in the state uh, for a bachelor degree teacher, which was seven th- the great amount of $7,210 at that time. <laughs> I, thought I, was, I thought I was rich. So, so anyway, I coached English for a few years. And, and then, uh, you know, about that time, uh, you know, the 70s were the great time for uh, Ligoti basketball. This was just, I went 70 and 71 just after they'd gone to the state in 1970. And I had seen Jack Butcher coach. And uh, so anyway, uh, about 70, uh, 71, one of the guys that came into my class as a freshman English student was Bill Butcher. And uh, I was immediately impressed with Bill because uh, – 
you know, he was tall and bright and just a ma- very mature young man. And uh, that year he became a starting guard and uh, ended up uh, playing for Jack for four years. And uh, I think he had scored about 1,350 points, something like that. But the thing about Bill was he sacrificed his own scoring for the good of the team, which is what Ligoti was all about. You know, it was a, a, a team concept there. And uh, anyway, during his junior year, Bill uh, led Ligoti to uh, Springs Valley, and, and we ended up beating Larry Bird and, and his team there at, at Springs Valley with uh, one of the greatest uh, games I ever saw. Both Bob Knight and Joe B. Hall were in attendance, and uh, Bill outscored Larry 36-32. to 32. There were so many people in the gym that night that uh, moisture was dripping off the ceiling onto the floor, and they had to stop the game every once in a while and wipe the the floor off. I think people would sit in line from like three or four o'clock on to get into that game. So it was it was quite an amazing game. And then, uh, you know, Bill, uh, he uh, his following year, he uh, he in 1975, he led his team to the final game of the state championship. And uh, I guess the uh, the great thing about it was, and what I I always thought this was maybe the I always, as I told him that uh, a few weeks ago at the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, I think this is a, was the second greatest story uh, in uh, high school basketball in Indiana because Ligoti was the smallest school to appear in the championship game of the state final since Milan in 1954. And uh, not only that, but Bill took, he led this team as a senior with. Uh, two five ten forwards and a humongous six three center and a couple of skinny guards and uh, in the afternoon game uh, up, up at Indianapolis they had played uh, uh, Columbus North Columbus North had uh, two six eights and a six seven and all week uh, all the newspapers in Indiana were going how is Lagoda going to handle the size of Columbus North well. Uh, it was kind of funny when you when they went out on the floor with our small players and their their really big ones and and uh, we had a a, a kid uh, by the name of uh, Mike Mattingly that jumped center. I'm sorry, Kenny Mattingly jumped center. I'm getting the two brothers mixed up. Kenny was about five ten, but Kenny had uh, legs uh, that they said around Lagodi were like tree trunks, and uh, uh, Kenny could jump out of the gym. And uh, he outjumped that six-eight kid. We ended up with the with the tip, and uh, we ended up, I think, beating Columbus North in that afternoon game, fifty to to twenty-seven. And then uh, that uh, that uh, evening, that was I think they only had about three hours rest. And then that evening, they they had to play Marion, and uh, they ended up, I think, be, getting beat eleven or twelve points in the championship game by Marion, but. Up to that time, they were undefeated. They were, uh, I think, 27-0 and 0 or something. So uh, it was just an amazing year that uh, Bill Butcher led uh, his team, and I, I'm certainly hoping that uh, Bill is uh, inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame because uh, just his leadership, his ball handling, his passing, uh, it was just uh, tremendous. And uh, he was just like uh, a coach on the floor. And uh, – and, 
without him, they would have never been able to do that. It was it was an amazing year. What was that relationship like, too? Because you know, uh, especially with a, a, a you know a, a you know Jack Butcher and his son, what what kind of a relationship did they have during those uh, those years that Bill was uh, such an outstanding player for Coach Butcher? Well, you know, Bill was such a, a good kid and, and got along with everybody. And uh, <coughs> Jack, uh, you know, he, you know, the the people with the most talent are the ones that he he gets on their case probably the most. And uh, you know, Bill, uh, he's just the type of kid that could take that all in stride and uh, and just come out uh, doing what he was supposed to do and and just being. Uh, a floor general, if you if you will, and uh, I, I think they had a great relationship. I think in the semi-state game, uh, and I, I don't know if you recall this or not, but uh, uh, Lagodi was ahead, and uh, we were uh, maybe holding the ball the last 30 seconds or so, and about 10 seconds to go, Bill's dri- dribbling around with our delay game, and uh, instead of passing it to one of his teammates. He turns and passes the ball to his dad on the sideline, <laughs> and uh, the the uh, the, the uh, uh, riders and uh, and and the fans just went wild with it. With it. So, uh, and they had a, had a great love for each other and still do, you know. Uh, uh, Coach, tell us a little bit. You know, I, I've interviewed people from the north, south, east, west, and in Indiana. What is it about the passion for the game of high school basketball? From Lagodian in Southern Indiana, what, what what's it all about? Well, you know, uh, Lagodi basketball, uh, it's just uh, it's just amazing. Uh, myself, when I got involved with, I started watching it when I first got there, you know. And like I said, uh, Jack knew that I was a huge fan, and uh, uh, it was just. Uh, I'd never seen anything quite like it. Uh, Monroe City, we had some great teams, but uh, at Lagodi, it was just, you know, they had a gym that, uh, our, our gym, I think it seats 4,800 and uh, might have a maximum capacity of like 5,400 there. But, but uh, you know, every Friday or Saturday night, that thing was packed standing room only. And, uh, it, you know, for a town of 2,500 people with 4,800 uh, see gymnasium. That's that's a little different too, you know. But uh, like I said, it was it was just an amazing atmosphere, and nobody ever missed missed the game. I think when they went to the state in '75, it was like uh, somebody put up a sign that said, uh, "The last one out of town, turn off the lights." And uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, it was a uh, you know everybody in town was a huge fan, and uh, uh, in 1977. Jack came to me and asked me to take the seventh grade team, and uh, so uh, I didn't know much about basketball. And, and uh, the eighth grade, except what you know, being a student of it, I hadn't coached or anything, and and uh, so I was coaching with a guy by the name of Lee Cavanaugh, and Lee Cavanaugh is was probably one of the greatest fundamental coaches anywhere. Uh, the kids called him Leaper because he would leap off the off his chair during the games and uh he's a very competitive guy and just a lot of fun to tease and be around but one thing he was completely serious about was was uh basketball and i used to tease him and say lee you've got more wins than jack does 
and uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was fortunate enough. Uh, uh, I had a great group of seventh graders, and and uh, Southridge uh, the, the year before had beaten them, and uh, so they were having a holiday tournament, and they decided they would invite Lagodi down for it, and. Uh, so we got down there, and, and they had a trophy that looked almost like a state championship trophy. It was that large because I think they were pretty confident that they were going to win it. And uh, so uh, anyway, we we came up with a couple of uh, uh, unique plays because kids in junior high don't switch off on, on defense very well. And uh, we were first uh, uh, ten times, I think first five times down the floor, we had uh, we were running uh, plays, and we had. Uh, five wide open layups and we had them 10 to nothing well in the, in the second half they came back and they had a, a, a kid by the name of Raisner whose uh, father Ray Raisner was the head coach of Southridge he's quite a shooter and he started shooting and, and he brought him back and tied him up and I, I asked Lee I said Lee uh, I said what would you think if I went boxing one on that kid and Lee said well have you ever done it in practice and I said no I said I got to do something, so we went boxing one and uh, shut him off, and we ended up winning eight or ten points and and won the championship there. And then the, then the following year, I was a- able to win the uh, Jasper big uh, Jasper JV tournament. So uh, in 1979, when uh, Tim Nante stopped coaching, Jack asked me to become his assistant and JV coach, and and I coached in that position for for 13 years. And looking back on it. Uh, you know, I think Jack really took a chance on me. Uh, a guy who'd only coached for a couple of years and who hadn't played much to replace a great coach like Tim Nante, uh, and uh, who had uh, such a great record and, and such experience. But uh, the thing about it was, Jack and I pretty much had the same philosophies, and I'd always been a student of the game, and I think I was I was a fairly quick study. Uh, I think during. Uh, my time there in 13 years, I think we won nine blue chip JV championships. So I think we did okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, one of the big things about Lagodi basketball was that the uh, the JV and assistant coach and Tim Nante uh, was doing this before I went into it. Was the eight week summer basketball program we had, and I ran that for 13 years, and it was for kids going into the fourth through the ninth grades. And uh, uh, the first four weeks, we would just basically work on fundamentals. And then the second four, we would play a few games against uh, uh, Vincennes and uh, Jasper, Bar-Reeve, and some of the area, area schools. And sometimes we'd have schools like Brazil or, or some of the schools over around New Albany come in and, and play us uh, as well in the summertime. But, uh, uh, but many people might be surprised by this, but it was pretty easy to work for Jack Butcher uh, he expected us to teach the fundamentals and he had an overall philosophy of basketball which everybody tried to follow but other than that he let, left us alone and let us coach and didn't interfere uh, he definitely was not a micromanager uh, we were on our own and uh, uh, anyway it was it was uh, it was a good fun time uh, Coaching those two years in junior high was one of the most uh, fun experiences I ever had, and I had some great kids that played for me in, in not only junior high but also in high school. And uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they always talk about uh, 
uh, Ligoti being butcher ball or the delay game. And, uh, you know, a lot of J- Jack's team scored, you know, 90, 80, 90, sometimes 100 points. And uh, the delay game with Jack was not necessarily a stall tactic. tactic. It, was, it was designed to spread the defense through the entire floor, and it was designed for you to then be able to take your opponent one-on-one and score. It said to your opponents, we have the lead in the ball, and if you want the ball, you must come out and get it. And when they came out, we would run our patterned offense and end up either shooting free throws or a high percentage shot under the basket. Uh, so uh, anyway, it was uh, uh, the, the delay game was good to Ligoti. We would always uh, go for uh, the last shot of the quarter. We always wanted to be the last team to score in the quarter. And uh, most of the time, we were were able to do that. You know, sometimes we weren't. Uh, But uh, but Jack, uh, you know, uh, playing at Ligoti was was part of being uh, uh, part of a team. And it was not just the team that you were playing with. It was... uh, Everybody that ever ever coached or ever played for Jack was part of that team, and uh, uh, Jack uh, he had a quote one time. He said, "It's been my experience through my coaching career at Ligoti High School that whenever somebody is needed in a particular situation, that one or more of our fine athletes rise to the occasion, endearing themselves to me, their school, and their fans." And and uh, you know that that's just always it. He, he would always get those kids to rise to the occasion coach butcher was actually quite a basketball player himself wasn't he well you know jack was a a great basketball player uh he uh he played basketball at ligoti for a guy by the name of coach leo costello and uh when he was in high school they won all four of their sectionals while while he was playing now jack had lost his dad i think when he was only three months old in an automobile accident so he was raised by his mother, and there were a couple of gentlemen in town that were bachelors that kind of took that owned businesses, and and they kind of took him under their wings, and and they became like second fathers to him, and they were very interested in athletics. So uh, Jack kind of grew up as, in my opinion, as kind of a, a tough street kid, and uh, he became uh, began playing basketball at a young age, and and. Uh, when he graduated from high school then uh, after winning those four straight sectionals uh, he got a scholarship to play basketball at Memphis State University and uh, Jack played there for a couple of years and and then he took a hiatus to to serve in the United States Army and uh, he was uh, in the Army for two years after he was drafted and then after he served his country (laughs) believe it or not he, he came back and finished his last two years playing basketball at Memphis State. And in his senior year, he, took, he led them to the final game of the NIT tournament in Madison Square Garden in New York City. Now, if you know, know much about basketball, you know at that time in the mid-50s, that the was NIT the tournament. was the big tournament. Yeah. The NCAA was the second tournament. Right. And uh, the New York Times, they had a I, – I saw this uh, – article in the New York Times, I think Hugh Schaefer showed it to me, and it said, the New York Times said, is there a better guard in the country than Jack Butcher? And in the final game, I think against Bradley, Jack scored 18 points, and he was one of the most valuable players in the tournament. 
uh, he had a, a Memphis newspaper one time, and uh, it showed uh, on the front page was a photo of a man holding up another newspaper <laughs> of the starting five at Memphis, and it said, this is Memphis State's hugest supporter, and the guy holding up the paper was Elvis Presley. And uh, so <laughs> I thought that was a, a pretty impressive. Anyway, in, in 1957, after uh, graduating, he was drafted by the Boston Celtics, but at that time he was married with a family, and he needed a steady job, and he'd run into his old coach, uh, who was Leo Costello, and uh, I guess Coach Costello had told him that there would be an opening possibly at Ligoti, and he came back to Ligoti and, and decided to coach, and he got the job, and and uh, before uh, the summer was over, he was going to be the assistant. The head coach resigned and took a job at uh, Crane Naval Base. And so uh, Jack was uh, always a head coach, and he lasted in that job for 45 years. So <laughs> uh, uh, quite a, uh, you know, he had quite a uh, career, uh, to say the least. And then, uh, you know, uh, from that time on, uh, a career coaching. And, uh, you know, uh, if you if you look at that, you know, in his 45 years, most of it in single class, <coughs> he took uh, Ligoti to the state finals in 70, and, and he was runner-up in 75. Uh, he became the all-time winningest coach in Indiana basketball history, uh, named Indiana basketball coach of the year two different times. Uh, I think in 2002 he was named national coach of the year. Uh, he was named the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. And the most amazing statistic is that over 45-year coaching career on a 20-game season, he averaged winning 18 games a year. Now, to me, that fact alone is, you know, it's almost unbelievable. Well, uh, Coach Butcher, besides uh, those legendary statistics and, uh, you know, 45 years of coaching, 18 uh, victories a, a year and his longevity, he was also an inventor, right? Well, you know, he was, uh, Jack, uh, he had a, uh, a couple of, uh, of little uh, things that uh, he, uh, he invented to, to help the kids, uh, you know, work on specific uh, parts of their game. Uh, one of them was uh, he, he, he had these little uh, boxes made, and uh, he had a, uh, an attachment to it to like a little soccer ball and it would hang down several inches from the top of that board that and, and the the board apparatus could be attached across the corner of a bleacher uh, you'd put one on one side of a corner of a bleacher and one on the other and, and spread them maybe uh maybe 10 feet apart and uh, they would do a drill where they would have to uh, uh shift slide from one to the other and make a swipe at the ball underhanded, going from the underhand to the top. You know, you never teach a kid to go over the top of the ball, but under the ball. And, uh, you know, this was a great drill. It taught kids a uh, uh, defensive position. They would have to do that for, you know, a couple minutes at a time. And it was a, it would, it would wear you out to, to do that. And uh, so that was one of the, the things that he invented. And then another thing that he did, did was a, a rebounding apparatus. He uh, he would tie one rope to the uh, bottom of uh, a basketball net, 
and then he would uh, tie another rope to also to the bottom, but it would go thread through the middle of the rim up over the top of the bank board. He had a pulley on the top of the bank board, and then he would take the rope and he could jerk that that ball out of the basket uh, in any direction he wanted it to go uh, by those two ropes and uh, the kids would then uh, block out and then go go for the rebound and as soon as he pulled it out well they were all supposed to yell rebound and they were supposed to uh, block out and then release and go get the ball and it was a, it was a great rebounding drill and uh with the little, uh, most of the little Irish uh, guys at Ligoti, you know, it was, uh, it was uh, something we needed to do. We needed to definitely block out all the time, uh, as, as most teams were always bigger than we were. Coach, you also had the pleasure of coaching your own son, right? Well, I did. You know, uh, uh, Ryan, uh, he played for me, uh, uh, basically, like in summer basketball, all the way up, and then uh, he played for me on the JV team for three years. He finally uh, was a starter when he was a senior, and uh, uh, he uh, it was a lot of fun for uh, for uh, me to coach him. Uh, I guess uh, uh, in the seventh and eighth grade, Ryan. Uh, he was in the state KFC contest, and I think he was runner-up both of those years in Indianapolis in the state KFC contest. And, but anyway, you know, uh, and that brings me up to, to something else. Uh, you know, Jack, uh, uh, you know, he not only taught basketball, but he taught uh, people how to uh, be, become a good, solid human beings and contributors to society. And, you know, Ryan now, he lives in uh, near you down in San Antonio, and uh, uh, he is uh, 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 head of regulatory affairs for Endeavor uh, Corporation down there. So, uh, uh, you know, and he's not the only one. I mean, uh, there are so many of the guys that played for Jack that have uh, such great jobs and, and have done so well in life. So, uh, 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 you know, uh, tip my tip of my hat to Jack for you know what he did for that you know coach you know all the years that you coached and were around the game uh tell us a little bit of your uh a few of your starstruck moments when when some people would uh uh you know be in the locker room or or you know yeah i mean did you have the opportunity to meet larry bird you know you you worked gene katie camps i mean did you did you ever stop and go wow I, you know if it wasn't for what i do with the basketball game i would not have seen or met that person or tell us some about uh, about those uh, starstruck moments well, you know that's that's uh, very true. Uh, uh, when Ryan, I, I think my son Ryan was like nine years old, uh, I heard that uh, Larry Bird had, had just started playing professional basketball not too much before that. I heard that he was going to have a camp at uh, French Lick, and and uh, his old high school coach Jim Jones was was going to run it. So I signed uh, uh, my son up for that camp, and uh, it, it was kind of great for him because. Uh, it was held in the what's now the uh, the uh, the old uh, hotel there at uh, West Baden uh, with the uh, with the huge dome and they brought in portable goals and the kids stayed in the old hotel rooms and uh, anyway it was a, it was a great uh, a great time and I have a picture of uh, 
uh, Brian sitting on Larry Bird's lap, and when he's about nine years old, there with with that picture. So uh, that was a, a, a great time to to meet a lot of those guys. And, and then, uh, like you said, I worked uh, Gene Katie's camp uh, for two or three weeks for several years, and uh, uh, Bruce Weber pretty much ran the camp. Bruce went on to success, I think, at SIU and and then at Illinois and and then at Kansas State, I believe. But uh, uh, anyway, you know, just meeting those guys. And and uh, the, another guy that came in to Purdue camp all the time was, was Rick Mount. And uh, Rick would come in one day a week and teach uh, shooting. And uh, I got to be pretty good friends with Rick. And, and I remember him talking about when he shot free throws, he would line the bow stem up between his index and his middle finger and to shoot the free throws. So I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I remember watching uh, Rick uh, talking about shooting uh, in the gym in front of uh, maybe three or 400 kids. And uh, he's probably close to 50 years old with a microphone uh, strapped around his chin. And I can remember him shooting and hitting 100 shots in a row at that age. So, you know, he still had it. And uh, uh, just to see that. And then uh, uh, my son also went to Bob Knight's camp at IU every year, and uh, he had some great stories to to, talk, to talk, tell about uh, uh, being at camp with with him. But uh, I remember uh, Bob Knight. Uh, you know, he had a quote about Jack. He said, uh, uh, "Jack Butcher taught basketball the way it should be taught, and no one ever did it better." And for uh, Bob Knight to say that about anybody, uh, you know, he really. Uh, had a lot of respect for them. Uh, and we used to see Bob come in to one or two games of, uh, of ours each year. Uh, he would usually come down uh, uh, during the Bloomington North game when Pat was playing there. And uh, then sometimes he would uh, he would come into uh, a game where he was scouting some someone uh, to be a possible player. I remember one time... Uh, we played South Spencer down there, and they had a, a big tall kid by the name of Kenny Perry. I think he was about six eleven or so. And, and uh, so, uh, anyway, <laughs> he comes in and talks to Jack before the JV game starts, and he and Jack stay in the dressing room. Well, I go out there, and uh, so I ended up. Uh, this is the only game in in my life that I got tossed out of as a JV coach. I got my first technical. And uh, so uh, then about, uh, and I felt like uh, my team was maybe 10 or 12 points, maybe 15 points better than this team we were playing. And about the, the uh, end of the third quarter, I got my second technical. And then uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, I stood up, turned around, there was a chair behind me, and I just took and pushed it into the bleachers, and they gave me my third technical. And, of course, uh, <laughs> night uh, happened to be there <laughs> and see that so uh, anyway uh, I was used to him coming to our games because uh, we've seen him at Bloomington North quite a bit but looking back on it it's kind of funny I guess but uh, <coughs> but anyway uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things that uh, a lot of stories about uh, about Jack and so forth that, uh, that I can tell as well so how hard or what kind of campaign would have to be driven 
to get uh, Coach Butcher into the uh, Naismith Hall of Fame? You know, I'm not sure. I would I would love for that to happen. I know uh, uh, my son Ryan Biggs has nominated him for uh, the Naismith Naismith Hall of Fame, and uh, you know I can't see how anyone uh, across the nation would have. Uh, much better, higher qualifications than than Jack would have to to get in it. And I I really don't know that much about it, but it's probably something we need to investigate. Uh, uh, Coach, what do you? Well, so when did you get out of the game of basketball? Are you retired? What what does uh, Coach Biggs do today? Well, uh, you know, I left uh, uh, my final uh, game in in coaching at at Lagodi was in 1992 when my son graduated and uh, uh, I got out uh, at that time and uh, of course I've missed the game ever since uh, and then the following year my uh, my uh, wife uh, Cheryl my first wife Cheryl uh, she uh, contracted uh, uh, breast cancer and uh, so uh, anyway we uh, ended up fighting that and uh, uh, then uh, uh, about 14 years later it came back again and, and she ended up uh, passing away and uh, so today I am remarried I married uh, uh, a lady from uh, Hopstad, Indiana named uh, Bobby Zilliak and uh, uh, she and I live just north of Evansville uh, our address is Hobstad, Indiana, and uh, so uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I, uh, they, uh, uh, the Catholic Church we go to, St. James, they uh, give the older people a prayer partner with the younger kids in their elementary school, and I ended up with a, a prayer partner who was a, a tall kid, he was in the seventh grade, and uh, he said, uh, I play basketball, why don't you come and watch me play basketball, so I went to watch him, and then, uh, in, to make a long story short, uh, the following year, I ended up being uh, his and his teammates' eighth grade coach, and uh, during the seventh grade year, I think they had won one game. Well, some of these kids were tall and had some ability, but uh, they had no idea of fundamentals and uh, uh, things that uh, we taught in the third and fourth grades at Lagodi. I was teaching in ninth grade there at uh, at Hopsod. Anyway, uh, I think in the seventh grade they won one game, and in the eighth grade we ended up with a 13 and seven record. We were runner up in the uh, uh, Gibson Southern tournament. Who they have a big tournament where they invite a lot of the better teams in the area, and uh, we we actually beat the best team. And then the final game we. Uh, uh, I'd been trying all year to get some extra time uh, from the uh, uh, teachers and so forth to to be able to come in and maybe shoot free throws before school and that type of thing because you don't have time to do everything. But uh, anyway, we couldn't hit our free throws in the final game and ended up getting beat. So, uh, but uh, anyway, it was a great uh, experience again, and and uh, I was glad I did it because it was uh, it was just a lot of fun working with these young kids again. Uh, Coach, what do you think of the state of the game today in Indiana? Oh, you know, uh, I, you know, basketball is basketball. 
I, I, I start watching the professionals, and uh, it seems like it's every man for himself. Uh, you know, uh, we taught at, uh, at Ligoti that, uh, that little things win ball games, and, and uh, Jack always said the little things are defense, rebounding, execution, and the ability to think. And uh, so, uh, you know, you don't you don't see that so much anymore. And, uh, and it's almost like, well, the the team with the most talent is always going to win. And it kind of takes coaching out of it, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I I think that what we we tried to do at Lagodi is uh, we wanted our kids to uh, win and lose as a team and to put the team first and to realize that to get where they had to be, it, it took a lot of hours of practice and sacrifice, and you had to be pretty uh, selfless for the team, you know. And uh, uh, we wanted our players to assume leadership. Uh, we wanted them to try to go for a second effort, which always means making one more try. And, and Jack always taught rising to the occasion, you know, uh, uh, we always geared to win the sectional, but our focus was uh, if we won the sectional, then everything else was kind of topping on the cake. But uh, uh, it was it was always just a a, uh, a time where uh, our kids would would play for each other, not for themselves, and. Uh, uh, that made it a win-win situation for everybody and for the community. And uh, we didn't turn out a lot of great college players at, at Lagodi, but we turned out a lot of quality people uh, uh, through our basketball program. And uh, uh, But back to your original question, uh, you know, I think that's dwindled down into college ranks, and uh, I, I just don't see the uh, – and, and definitely, you know, with the with the uh, single class system in Indiana, it's kind of taken away our rivalries. And the thing that I hate the most is that, uh, you know, young kids today know what it's like to play basketball, but they have no idea what it was like to play when it was a single class system. And uh, that was when it was uh, such great fun, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Uh, Coach, you've been to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame uh, several times. Uh, I've seen a, a few photos of with you uh, with some legends. <clears throat> uh, what do you think about what they do, and uh, uh, do they do the best at what they do? You know, I, I, uh, I love the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. I think they do a great job uh, with their uh, uh, people they've selected. I, uh, uh, you know, my friend uh, – Sam Offord's been the head of it for the last few years, and I think Sam has done a great job. Uh, um, you know, they I think they had, uh, when I went up there a few weeks ago uh, in support of Bill Butcher, I think they had uh, 40 people, something like 40 people speaking, uh, you know, uh, to try to get into the, uh, in support of someone getting into the Hall of Fame. And, and I realize each year they can only take a few uh, so it, it's it's very difficult. We've had some great players in in Indiana, and uh, uh, but uh, again, uh, backing up to the uh, uh, to the Bill Butcher story, I, I think that uh, 
it would be uh, very difficult not to put him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and like I said, the second greatest story in, in uh, Indiana basketball sports history. And, uh, you know, uh, you, uh, speaking of history, you go to uh, Ligoti's gym today, and I think Ligoti has one of the most beautiful high school gyms in Indiana. And uh, uh, around the walls are all these pictures of, of the huge pictures of the great semi-state teams and sectional and regional teams. But, you know, uh, also along the wall are, are teams of, of every, uh, are pictures of every team since uh, Ligoti is, was uh, a school. And uh, Tim Nante did that, and he did a great job in, in putting that up there. And uh, uh, Tim's been complimented in what he's done. I think I think he's done that same thing at Princeton and, and some uh, maybe some other places as well. But, uh, you know, Tim, uh, he uh, I took his place as, as JV coach, and uh, they were big shoes to fill, I, I have to say. And, and hopefully I, I did a halfway decent job doing that. Oh, you did fantastic! Another another six degrees of separation that I didn't know of either. Is that uh, uh, I roommated with Terry Nante, Tim's son, and I had no idea about the lineage, the lineage, and and and, and the greatness that was uh, Southern uh, Indiana high school basketball when I was uh, attending Indiana State University to get my history degree. But another six degrees yeah. of separation. Well, you know, uh, you know, well, Goldie is. Uh, uh, they're mostly uh, it's mostly an Irish Catholic bunch with a, a few uh, uh, Methodists and Mennonites and and Amish thrown in. Uh, if you go to Ligoti today, why and you uh, go to the supermarket, you'll see a, a, a trough outside for uh, and a place for horses to be tied up when the <laughs> when the Amish come into town. And uh, uh, anyway, it's a uh, it's uh, it's kind of a mixture of old and old and new, but uh, Speaking of uh, them being tough uh, Irish people, uh, you know, when Ligoti first started, it was 1853, and the railroad came through town, and the people had lived out uh, where my old home was, a place called Mount Pleasant, a couple of uh, miles out of town. They, they put their houses on wagons and, and moved, to, moved them to where the railroad was and, and, be, and began uh, Ligoti, and, and these people were... Uh, uh, just pretty uh, tough people. And, and, the, and another story I like to tell is that uh, one time, uh, supposedly the KKK was going to march uh, in Ligoti, uh, uh, and it was uh, a, basically anti-Catholic. And uh, there were so many Catholics in Ligoti, I guess, that they, uh, the Catholic men met them on the street, and they outnumbered the KKK like, uh, Ten to one, and I guess the KKK left town in quite a hurry. So it was like in the maybe the early 1900s or so. But uh, anyway, a story they told. So I, I thought it was kind of a neat story. You know, I know I know of five people right off the top of my head that need to be in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, and none of them tops the list more than uh, uh, Bill Butcher. So hopefully, those behind the doors voting and stuff like that are are. Um, uh, <clears throat> looking at uh, all the great things he's done for the game, and, and hopefully um, he'll be in this next upcoming class. Uh, we certainly hope so. He, he certainly deserves it. Yeah. Coach Biggs, thank you so much. We ran just a little bit. We ran 54 seconds long, and don't tell Coach Butcher that I was a minute and a, lay, a, minute and a half calling you. And uh, a, a fan, <laughs> fantastic interview. I think everyone will enjoy this, and uh, thank you so much for your time.
Hey, thank you for uh, letting me be a part of uh, your your show on nostalgia of basketball. Uh, as as you know, I love basketball. I love your program, and and uh, really enjoyed talking with you today. So thanks again. It was an honor to be your guest.